We're talking with Quentin Young of Q Young Gardens. He's a landscaper in the Sacramento area, also a master gardener. He works in the orchard at the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center, and we're standing next to an espaliered Stella cherry tree that is trying to recover from a recent bout of unusually high heat here in the Sacramento area. But it has an interesting story. Q, the Stella cherry uh, and all cherry trees around here, we've been told in Mediterranean climates, need to be pruned in August in order for those wounds to heal so that it is not poorly affected by any blowing rain-driven spores in the wintertime from cherry diseases like Pseudomonas or Botrytis. By the way, in the show notes, we'll have links to more information about uh, cherry diseases. So it is true. True, though, that uh, cherries and apricots are very susceptible to rainborne diseases and need to get pruned before the rainy season starts. Uh, that's true, and that's something that we try to adhere to here in the orchard. This year was unusual with about of 110 degree heat for several days in a row, including a record-breaking 116 degrees, and I think that 10-day bout of heat happened less than a week after this espalier cherry, the Stella cherry, started uh, acting a little funny. And it's a north-south facing espalier here. The north side, very green. The south side, not so green. Yeah, you can see um, it's a really um, stark difference between the two different sides. And the south side really got fried with that heat wave. What's the prognosis for it? I think it'll pull through. Um, uh, you can see um, it looks like they even put some fresh uh, trunk paint on some areas that were opened up to the sun when they did the pruning, which is something we also do in the orchard. Um, now that I'm looking at this, I'm thinking maybe next year we might want to have it set up so that we can maybe cover it with a frost cloth or something like that or Agrabond because that was part of the premise with doing this two-dimensionally both with, with the peach and with the cherry. Um, if theoretically we wanted to try to protect it from the spotted wing drosophila, we could net it or, you know, cover it with Agrabond to protect the cherries and also with the peach tree if we wanted to experiment with protecting it from uh, peach leaf curl. So that was part of the reason for growing these two-dimensionally like this. Yeah, we should point out that on this espalier, there is a Stella cherry tree, and planted right next to it is an O'Henry peach. Uh, the O'Henry peach seemed to make it like a champ, but then again, that wasn't pruned, was it? Uh, not as severely as the cherry was, yeah. And we are still behind on pruning the cherry, the multigraph cherry down in the orchard. But maybe that's a good thing. I think so. And I, I think we should expect maybe, like you said, maybe waiting a little bit later. And unfortunately, I think the um, the estimate is going to be a drier winter, you know, longer or I should say later. So I think we might be safe doing some of the pruning now. That's kind of the thinking in a drought is that the, when rains do happen, the really heavy rains, it may not be till November or December. Uh, but you never know. And you mentioned painting the trunks, and that's a great idea because of uh, sunburn, sunscald to uh, newly exposed branches. Uh, we saw that the leaves turned crispy after they had been protected from that outer layer that was pruned away. Those leaves turned brown. What about 
the stems and the trunk. Did you see any uh, signs of sunburn or sunscald? On the stems, no. And um, on the trunk, is a little bit hard to say right now because they're still sort of covered covered with leaves. Um, but we did do some fresh painting just to be just to be safe after the fact. After the fact, or actually during the fact. You know, sometimes in the orchard when we're pruning in the summer. Um, well, we'll often have kind of a group meeting of, do you want to paint this branch now that we've opened up, let's say, the center of a tree during the heat of the summer? Painting, whitewashing uh, the trunk and the sun-exposed branches is a good idea. The whitewash could be simple as uh, 50% interior white latex paint and 50% water and apply that. I like the idea of covering it when these heat waves are expected and by having it espaliate basically a two-dimensional fruit tree and with the system you have here, it'd be fairly easy to throw a bit of a shade cloth over it. Yeah, and I think it'll, it would be easy because like you said, the, the north side, I think, is fine. The south side, I think we could maybe just cover that side. Um, when we experimented with the multigraph cherry in the orchard, covering it completely with Agrabon, um, what we found in the summer is it made it too hot and it caused the cherries to ripen so quickly that they actually got mushy. But here it'd be a little bit different because we would just be covering, I think, one side and it wouldn't be creating such a heat box like it did in the orchard. And I think we have it on the website. You can actually see the Horticult Horticulture website. You can see that Agrabon experiment. And it, like I said, it made it way too hot. But I think it'd be easy just to cover one side here. What weight Agrabon was that? And what weight would you recommend for summer protection? I would try to go as light as possible. I think what we used was 50%. Mm, okay. And you could have gone down to 30 or so. Yeah. Yeah. We hadn't realized how hot it was going to turn. Um, it's basically, it was just a giant square of Agrabon uh, floating on a PVC frame. And it really, um, it was actually really uncomfortable to work in there too. In your post-mortem in the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center orchard after that bout of record heat, uh, what other things did you notice? We noticed um, fruit ripening faster. We noticed quite a bit of um, pit damage, like especially with peaches and nectarines, damage around the pits from the extreme heat. And we noticed a lot of fruit drop, too. I would think that, uh, especially with pit burn, that maybe if you have an eye on that long term forecast and you notice that a heat wave is coming, maybe harvest the near ripened fruit? Yeah, I think so. And just try to counter ripen because once that once that um, once we had that damage, the, the fruit was really unusable. That's advice also now for tomato plants, too. If you have tomatoes growing and you know that there's going to be a bout of unusually high heat, uh, the experts are saying to harvest those tomatoes, even though they may not be fully ripe and let them ripen on the counter because high heat can turn them to mush really quick. Yeah, we, and we had that problem also with uh, plums and pluots. That's a difficult one because they, they can harvest at different times. Yeah, and then, like I said, we're only here once a week, so we were you know we would come here and we would see quite a bit of fruit um, fallen on the ground. Um, most of it was unusable because it was already mushy. I would think, too, that after a summer pruning, even if it is in September instead of August, would you avoid fertilization? Yeah, we don't do any fertilizing in the fall here. Oh, it's all springtime. All springtime. Um, I might fertilize some of the fruit trees, like the tropicals that we have in the barrels. But other than that, we don't fertilize our fruit trees, except in the spring, like you said. But in reality, the, the trees are being fertilized year-round because of the several inches of mulch on the ground. The, several inches of mulch, and we also leave all the cuttings as well. So um, they get a good mix of carbon and nitrogen. And then it's just the citrus trees primarily that will fertilize in the springtime. 
Have you seen an unusual amount of sunburn on citrus fruit this year? I would say not yet, but I've noticed um, a lot of fruit splitting. Which is usually a, a boom-bust cycle of water. I think it was that rain that we had, um, was about maybe 10 days ago. You know, I, the, the fruit gets wet, it can't expand fast enough, and it just splits. Really, and all rain is local, just like all gardening is local. And it was interesting that uh, the area around here got over an inch of rain, whereas where I live, it was uh, less than half an inch. Yeah, it was very spotty, yeah. So that's the other thing with changing climate, and we're not going to be climate change deniers here. Uh, with a changing climate, you do have those storms that are very localized. Very localized, and I think we're going to see that kind of boom and bust cycle where you're either going to get no rain or a lot of rain all at once. All right. Now, with a cherry tree that is recovering like this, are you doing anything special for it? Are you increasing irrigation or decreasing no. irrigation? No, we basically maintain the same irrigation throughout the season, especially since we've picked most of the fruit. So usually in October, we're going to start reducing most of our irrigation anyway. And one thing we should point out, too, is uh, a leaf can still photosynthesize, even though there may be brown portions on it from uh, the high heat. The edges are burned, but don't remove any leaves because of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to we're going to leave it be. We're going to baby it into the fall. Then fingers crossed. We have a nice rainy winter. The same is true with peach leaf curl, isn't it? With peach leaf curl, too, yeah. We just sort of put up with it here in the nursery or uh, at the orchard. Um, the, tr the trees will uh, drop the diseased leaves and push out new leaves. Um, but as long as they're still on the tree, they're still producing food for the tree. All right. Any uh, tips for us to get through the winter? Uh, just uh, keep your fingers crossed for a good rainy winter. <laughs> and maybe keep the frost cloths handy just in case. Just in case. Hopefully, we'll, um, again, we need the chill hours for our fruit trees. Right. We need the chill hours and frost cloths would be for citrus, not for deciduous fruit trees. That's true. Yeah, that's correct. But I like the idea, too, of even for a frost or a freeze, if you think one is coming to your area where normally you may not get one, would be to whitewash the trunk and the branches. Yeah, and that's a good time to do it, too, in the winter when you can see the, um, see the structure of the tree, too. All right. So you practice summer pruning here for the most part on all your trees. On all the trees. We do very little winter pruning. Right. And it's probably in the wintertime, you just notice maybe crossing or rubbing branches you didn't see before because of all the leaf yeah. cover. And some de or some dead branches, too. Yeah. All right. We live in interesting times, somebody once said. And it truly is when it comes to being a gardener, we have to learn to adapt and uh, do things uh, uh, perhaps a little bit differently. What about growing cherry trees and, and because they do have a thin bark maybe where they could get afternoon shade. I think that would be helpful. I think that's also true for flowering cherries too, the non-fruiting flowering cherries. I usually try to tell clients plant them where they're going to get afternoon shade because they're really susceptible to burning on, on their trunks. All right. Uh, speaking of clients, tell us about your business. Uh, basically, I'm doing um, consulting, installation, specialized pruning, um, and uh, anything that's kind of related to that. So if somebody wanted in the Sacramento area their Japanese maple tree prune? That... Depending on the size, yeah, yeah. But also a lot of specialized pruning for fruit trees and things like that. There you go. Quentin Young, master gardener, landscaper here in the Sacramento area. Thanks for getting us through the uh, climate change. Sure, Fred. Thanks for having me on.